Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of A Day in the Life of Zori podcast. This is your host, Zori. Hello, hello. Well, today is Friday the 13th. For any of my spooky-loving fans, happy Friday the 13th. Um, watch out for the loonies that will surely be out and about today. Um, so this episode is coming at you a little later than I anticipate posting, but all good. Um, I hope you've had a beautiful introduction into the month of October. I cannot believe that we are already midway point of October, which is bananas. Um, but definitely glad to be finally enjoying some nice fall, crisp, cool weather, even though most of it, all of our weekends have had rain, which kind of sucks, but it is all good. I'm hoping to be able to get to enjoy some fall activities with the kiddos in this weekend. Um, my husband has a really busy weekend, but we are all good and we will be uh, plugging away and doing everything that we need to. So I think we're going to go apple picking tomorrow morning um, with my youngest and her classmates. So that should be kind of fun to kind of meet some of the parents and kids in her class. And then, of course, we have dance and all the rigmarole that we always have. Anyway, so on this week's episode, I had a couple of different ideas pondering through my brain, and I guess we will pick one of them and tackle one of them as a topic uh, topic of choice for this week. And I think the the topic of choice is going to be how to cope with relationships that are going in directions that you didn't anticipate. And when I say relationships, I mean all sorts of relationships, not just romantic. So when we talk relationships, we're talking romantic, non-romantic, platonic, familial, you know, parent to child, sibling to sibling, friendships, um, parent, you know, parent to child, child to parent, siblings, young, old, whatever, and just the inevitable, like, miss of expectations, right? So we all go through different stages of life and we enter relationships, some relationships we enter without any choice, right? You're born into a family or you're, you know, you grow up in a family and you can't choose that. You can't choose who your parents are. You can't choose that. Um, and you kind of have to figure out what the expectations of that relationship are, especially as you grow, right? So as a child, you're just expecting that your parents will take care of you. They'll feed you. They'll clothe you keep a shelter, um, roof over your head, right? Um, as you grow up, there's different expectations to that relationship, right? I, I hope that, you know, you would expect that you can kind of use your parents as a resource, as a sounding board, as a guiding post to help you guide and walk through life 
to make educated decisions, to make good, strong decisions, to have good moral compass and good moral reasoning and all of those things, right? So that's, so like I can, I'm, I, I just turned 38. So we know my last episode was my birthday episode. And, um, you know, in my 38 years of life, I think that my relationship and connection to my parents and how I see, view and connect to my parents has evolved. So in that particular instance, you know, I was born into a family that didn't have a lot of money. And then we ended up being a lot bigger family than I think my parents originally planned. Um, I've mentioned before, I'm one of six, I'm the oldest of six. So being the oldest, I grew up seeing and understanding a lot more of the situation that was going on than probably some of my siblings did at certain phases in our lives. I think now looking back in retrospect, from their adult viewpoints, we see things more clearly, but I lived through a lot of that understanding and and knowing in the moment, right? So there's a lot of things that I grew up doing, understanding, seeing, being a part of that my siblings didn't necessarily have to. But with that also comes an understanding and deeper appreciation for the things that my parents have done for us growing up and all of the sacrifices and efforts that they put forward growing up, um, and the the efforts and energy that they still continue to do and give forth towards six kids in our adulthood. Um, And I think through all of that, I have grown to love and appreciate my mom even much more so because I just know that she's just this beautiful, you know, strong, resilient, sounding board, guiding post of, you know, positivity and you know, and when I feel like I'm losing my cool, like I just think of my mom and all the things that she does and handles on a daily basis and, you know, growing up and putting up with six kids and all this stuff. And I just think, well, you know, if mommy can do it, I can do it. And it's just kind of, you know, that sometimes there are missed expectations. And I think it's just, it comes with the territory, right? You're, we're, we're humans. Um, and we come in, you know, with our own conversation built into our head. And then sometimes those conversations don't pan out that we, the way we plan. Um, but even still, like, I think that that relationship with both my parents, my mom and my dad, who are still together, um, nearly 40 years later are, you know, I think those relationships, though sometimes there may be some miscommunications and out of respect, we're able to handle and and talk through some of these things or put them by the wayside, knowing that there was no ill intent, um, is very important. Then there's relationships with the next set of people that are a pretty permanent fixture in my life, which is my siblings, right? And again, a situation where you don't get to choose those siblings, they're just bestowed upon you, right? Either by birth or otherwise. Um, and with that, the, um, the relationship there is a little bit different, right? So I'm the oldest. So I kind of, unfortunately, unfortunately for them, I set the precedent in terms of like behavior and actions and, you know, things that were deemed acceptable versus not. And, you know, my parents have their own set of standards and rules and norms that they had for all of us growing up. And I was just kind of like the guinea pig, right? test and trial, trial and error. Um, and with my siblings, each, every single one of them, there's five of them. There's a relationship distinctly different from one to the next. Um, when we're all together, 
it's a holistic relationship where we all relate and connect with one another simultaneously. When we are apart and individually one-to-one, I have very different dynamic relationships with each one of them. Um, We connect on different things. We bond on different things. We have similar interests in different areas. And that's just kind of the way it's always been, right? We're all six different personalities. So we're bound to talk about, connect, and relate to different things. In adulthood, we connect on things that bring us back to similarities, right? So five of us are parents. We're, we're grown adults. We're in our 30s. We have children ranging from teenagers down to three years old. So we relate to the struggles of parenting, to the struggles of education, to the struggles of, you know, all the financial, you know, responsibility and all these things, right? So we relate on all these things. And we also relate on all the comical things that entails being a parent, having kids, all that jazz. Um, then of course, as an older sister, I have my own set of expectations for what I long and hope for, for each one of my siblings. And ultimately the goal is to have them all just be thriving and happy and, you know, just have their life be filled to the extent that they wish it to be filled. Right. So like if I had a sibling that did not wish to be married or have children, like I would understand that. And I think that at some point in my earlier life, I would not have related to the fact of not having children. I am a mother of two. So you guys know that. Um, But I can understand and respect someone's decision when they say that they don't wish to have children of their own. And I think that the reason for me understanding that where previously that would have been a miscommunication and like it would have like come off really weird to me. Um, I think that in this day and age, there's so many reasons for people to make a decision like that. Um, Sometimes it's driven by the fact that they know that it would be extremely difficult and taxing on their bodies to actually have a child. Um, For others, it's just, it wasn't really ever in the plans or in the cards for them to have a family with children. Um, And that's perfectly acceptable and okay. And, you know, for others, it's just been a decision that's kind of come about throughout the years. Maybe timing was never right. Um, You know, maybe financially, it just never seemed to be like in the cards, like whatever it is, you know, there's just so many decisions that are totally valid for that. And I think at one point in my life, I probably would have been um, really turned off in a conversation if somebody told me that they wished to have no children in their life. I just couldn't fathom that being a thought. Um, With that said, of course, five of my siblings, four of my siblings have children. The baby doesn't yet because he's 19. Um, but all of them, all of the others do have at least two children. My brother, my um, younger, older brother has three. So we all have kids. And I think that was always in the cards for us growing up in a big family. We always wanted to have children and at least have a sibling for each one of our children. Um, so the fact that we all have at least two just speaks to that um, mutual just synchronization between the siblings. Um, so then come the relationships with friendships and, you know, we establish friendships from a very early age. And one of the things that I will share is that friendships, I think we've discussed this before when we, when we did the episode about friends and just what friendship entails and how to be a good friend, but friendships come 
with two people and preconceived notions of what that friendship is going to equate, right? So if I come to you and you come to me and we say, we're going to be friends and we're going to establish this friendship, each one of us is coming in with our own set of expectations, our own set of needs and wants for this friendship. Um, And somehow as we have conversations, do things together, share time, and just kind of fellowship with each other, we find a consensus as to what our friendship is going to be based on, what our friendship is going to kind of boil down to, what are the things that mark our friendship, what are the things that we find valuable in our friendship, what is most important to us in our friendship, and then just where do we see this in the future and how do we keep this friendship alive, right? Because just like a romantic relationship, friendships and any other type of relationship require time and effort and energy for you to continue to build upon that base. So the greatest factor of miscommunication or just breakdown of expectations comes when one party assumes that the other party is good with whatever it is that you're doing. So case in point example, I have had friendships where I have been asked for money and this, these weren't like brand new friendships. These were established friendships where friends, you know, were in a pinch and they've asked to borrow money. My expectation for being asked for money, one, I would literally be homeless on the street before I asked somebody for money. Um, that's just what it is, right? I, I would not ask a friend for money, but I can understand that if someone is truly in a pinch in a bind and needs a hundred bucks, 50 bucks to get them through until payday, I can understand that those situations happen. So the fact that somebody came to me just tells me that one, they feel safe and comfortable in my space and energy, um, and trust that one, I will not judge them for needing the money and two, keep this a confidential situation between the two of us about borrowing or lending money. Also, my expectation would be that the money is repaid in a timely fashion, right? So if for some reason I forgot my wallet today and you spot me 20 bucks for lunch, the moment I have my wallet in hand, I'm sending you 20 bucks. If I don't already have your Zelle cash app or Venmo in which I would do it instantaneously. Um, so those are my expectations, right? In this case in point scenario. And the other side of the coin is the person requesting funds, right? So if somebody's in a pinch, there's going to be a couple of things that may take place. So they might be in a pinch and it might be more than just immediate. And if they're in a pinch and asking to borrow funds, um, it is highly likely that their funds are already spoken for when they get paid. So that means that they may not be able to repay me back immediately as soon as their first check hits. Which, again, on the other side, to me, would mean that I would need to be communicated to when we're having this initial exchange of can I borrow some money of when this money would be repaid. So, you know, I need to borrow 50 bucks and I'll be able to pay you by the end of the month versus 
I need to borrow 50 bucks and I'll pay you back when I get paid tells me the next pay I'll get paid. Um, and this is where miscommunications and breakdowns of relationships takes place because one party is abstaining from relaying information or only giving you half the truth. And therefore the person that's actually lending the money eventually feels like they're just being taken advantage of and being used for money. And that may not necessarily be the actual case in point scenario of the friendship and what's going on in that moment, but the lack of communication shows to me a lack of respect. It shows to me a lack of understanding and a lack of value in the relationship that we hold. Therefore, the next time that you are truly in a pinch, in a bind, I'm going to be less apt to loan you any money because I feel like you disrespected me last time. And if I loan you money again, who knows if I'm going to see my money. And let's be real. We're all working for our money. Money here is not free. Um, And we all have bills to pay. We all have mouths to feed. We all have roofs to pay for over our heads. So, you know, and we live in New England. It's not cheap to live here. So you messing with my money, you messing with me, right? So that's just one example of miscommunication. Very open, easy, upfront. And money is our biggest miscommunication breakdown of relationships in both romantic and non, right? Because how many divorces we didn't communicate and our finances, you know, we didn't agree on finances. There's always a spender. There's always a saver. And if you happen to get stuck with a friend that's a spender or a partner that's a spender, then you're just kind of hit, right? Because they're just spending money and they're bleeding you dry and you don't even know when you're going to see your money back. Then there's just misrepresentation or miscommunication in other relationships, like a romantic relationship. And the romantic relationship breakdown, I think, takes place where one person finds the weaknesses, the soft spots, if you will, of their partner and continue to use these to their advantage and to the disadvantage of the partner. So, for example, You find yourself a partner that seems to be really giving, they're really understanding, they give you their time, their money, their car, their everything, right? You need me, I'll be there. You call me at 3 a.m., I'll be there. Um, And they take advantage of that. You know, it's like, oh, well, he said he would be here for me, so let me go ahead and call him and disrupt him, even though he's got to be working, or even though, you know, he's got to be sleeping, or he's got to be resting or preparing to get ready for work. It doesn't matter. They have to drop everything for me. That's a one-sided and selfish relationship, and you're just using and abating somebody for whatever they can give you, time, money, energy, spirit, soul, whatever it may be. And I just think that In this day and age, the world is rough enough. The world is difficult and dark and lonely enough without us taking advantage of one another, of purposely creating miscommunication and breakdown of relationships, um, of purposely omitting things and cutting people out of your life that value you. And I think... You know, all of this is just resounding because of a personal situation I'm going through. So we'll just kind of dive into that without naming the parties um, in the aforementioned scenario. So currently we've been experiencing some challenges 
And when I say we, I mean my family at large, not just my personal individual family, but my family at large. And one of the members of our close circle is kind of going ghost on everyone. And it's causing concern for more reasons than one, right? But one of the things that I can say is because of most of our, you know, life experiences, we've all, you know, been burned before. Um, we're seeing the writing on the wall in terms of somebody using and just draining someone's energy, money, time, and the person that it's happening to doesn't quite seem to be aware. And it's kind of, it's, it's funny that we're talking about this. Well, funny, quote unquote, not really funny, but, um, because if you know, this month is domestic violence awareness month. Um, and you know, sadly we've, we've encountered a case of an unhealthy relationship before, and we're kind of seeing a similar cycle again with a different person still close, um, in relation to, to all of us. And, um, we're all trying with all our might to prevent the continuous downfall and deterioration of this individual, but all of our efforts seem to be fruitless. And it just makes me think and ponder, right? And and just analyze, you know, what is it exactly that's like caused this severe breakdown of communication and closeness and just understanding, like, this is not what this relationship was like and we're not really understanding like where the disconnect is or where the misinformation or misunderstanding has taken place but it's just something that we've we've all kind of like slowly had to like take a step back and and reassess what it is that we're doing and how we're handling and tackling the situation which is really weird because it it's it's like a double-edged sword, right? Because you, you step back so you're giving them space, but at the same time you're giving that other person that's not healthy, um, that's not a healthy energy space to kind of roam free and do as they wish. So all in all, I'll say the last probably month or so of our lives has been up and down, and um, it's just... A little dis- disheartening and discouraging, especially when you're somebody that comes from, you know, faith and, and having Christian beliefs. And, you know, we, we're all praying about it and, you know, just leaving it in God's hands. But we've lived a similar cycle for so long and, like, are finally breaking free of that. And now to have another person fall into a similar cycle is just like, extremely draining and taxing because this is just far more intense um, than our previous interaction with it, or at least our previous close interaction with it. Um, 
yeah, so just, you know, know that if somebody loves you, they're going to work through a lot of things with you, right? If they're not willing to work with you, then they're not really truly and fully honestly loving you because somebody who loves knows that you need to come to a mutual understanding. You need to work as one mutual accord and you need to find common ground, right? And and we all have differences of opinion and that's perfectly fine. My husband and I would not be together if we were exactly the same. I love the fact that we have differences of opinion, different tastes, different likes, different interests. But at the end of the day, when it comes to the core essentials that boil down to our relationship, our family, our parenting, we come down together as one. Um, we unite forces. We agree to disagree. We default to one another and say, okay, we'll, we'll do it your way. I think, you know, I think that's the approach we should take. And we work through it. And when we have breakdown of communication or breakdown of understanding, we talk through that. So I, I just, I don't understand what like the mishap is here, but I just ask that you pray for us and that you take a close look at your relationships and work on them to make stronger communication. So until next time, friends. Ciao.